Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. My name is Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about something that we call true liquidity. I think this is a, a very misunderstood. This? <laughs> Not that kind of liquidity. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think when people hear liquidity, they think of cash reserves and savings. They don't look at it from the standpoint of like when they get to retirement, what that means, like what's actually accessible to them when they're starting to turn their assets into income and how to plan for that today, even though they're not retired. Well, and how this affects them today and in retirement. Exactly. So before we dive into that, Mr. Collins, what are you drinking today? So the liquidity that I was referencing earlier is uh, this is a blonde ale from a a brewery called Fired Up up in uh, Chewila over near Spokane. Uh, clock's in at 4.5%, uh, only 18 IBUs because it's a blonde and not an IPA. But uh, yeah, it's, that's what I'm drinking today. What are you drinking, Ryan? Uh, I'm drinking the Iron House Porter, and I got it just because of the sweater because I think the sweater is amazing on this can. Uh, it is a sweeter porter uh, than I typically like. Uh, I'm trying to find the alcohol uh, by volume. And unfortunately, I do not have that handy. Um, actually, I take that back. It's 5% alcohol by volume. So it's, it's not a heavy, heavy one at all, but it's definitely sweeter. It's your classic. I mean, the look of it, it's definitely a porter. Yeah. Um, but it is definitely sweeter than I tend to like. If I'm giving this a bottle cap rating, I'm going to give it probably a four out of 10. Yeah, I get that. Um, like, yeah, that's. It's a, it's an okay beer, but it, you have to like a, a sweeter porter. Um, for me, like this is a great blonde. Um, as far as I, I'm not a huge blonde fan, um, so I'm giving this a, an eight out of ten as far as a, a blonde for the style. Um, overall, I'd give this about a five or a six. It's it's a solid drink, especially in the summer. Yeah, love it. Well, let's get into it today. So. This is we're going to keep this high level for today's episode, and definitely if you have questions, our listeners feel free to to ping us uh, at beerandmoney.net. Um, but when people get to retirement, they're all, they're faced with the decision of how do I turn on income stream from from the assets, and more specifically, how much risk do I want to have with my assets to turn on that income. And I think a lot of people, they, they're only looking at this or even thinking of this when they get to retirement, right? rather than actually planning uh, today for that aspect. And so that's the whole premise of today's episode. Alex, you want to like share the screen. We're going to go through a, a calculator that we like to share with, with our clients to really kind of explain uh, what true liquidity means. So for those of you guys that are listening, Ryan and I will do our best to talk you through this, uh, but there'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, we're also going to throw this up on our YouTube channel. Um, to So if you want the visuals that go along with this, uh, log in there. Um, and Ryan and I will do our best to to make sure that we don't lose you in just the the audio portion of this. Yeah. So kind of starting out here for those of you watching. So we've got this, this bucket, right? Imagine the, this bucket of money or this bucket filled with water, right? And it's about positioning your money out of the market and then positioning some of the money in the market. And so as we hit the, the begin button here, Alex, 
So before retirement, right, the short-term volatility is addressed because we've got a long time, long time horizon, right? So when the down, when the market's down, as long as we hold and we're not selling and going to cash and playing that market timing game, it shouldn't affect us. If volatility is not our enemy on the during the accumulation phase, as long as we hold the strategy. We don't care as much about the ups and downs. I mean, don't get me wrong. We still care. We don't want them to see the money go down. But <clears throat> unless we sell or move out of the allocation that we've got, we haven't lost anything. We still have the ability for that to come back. And we care about where it's going to be at retirement or near retirement a lot more than we do today, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years before retirement. Now, as we click next here, obviously, as we get to retirement, that's when this changes. Because in retirement, you're now pulling some amount of money, possibly, from those market-based assets. And when you're pulling money from market-based assets in down years, it compounds the loss, right? If you're down 10% and you take out 10 grand, you're not just lost 10 grand, you lost 10%. So it's a double whammy. Yeah, you've you've taken two sets of money out. One is the loss, and then the second is the withdrawal. And whatever amount of money you withdrew, that's never going to have the opportunity to rebound with the market. And so it becomes much more detrimental. Um, and so if we walk through an example here where we we start out with $2 million and we have a 9% loss, okay, that takes us down to in the neighborhood of $180,000 in the portfolio. If we take out a 4% withdrawal rate of, say, $80,000 uh, off of our original $2 million, now the portfolio at the end is down to $174,000. So uh, real quick, it's not $174,000. We start with $2 million. million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So we start with $2 million. We have a 9% market loss. We lose $180,000 plus the $80,000 that were taken out. So at the end of year one, our $2 million is now down to $1.74 million. And like you've essentially lost one-eighth of your money at that point, and it becomes really, really detrimental to have that occur in year one. If in year two, you have an 11% loss, so now you're down $190,000, uh, you still pull out your $80,000 because you still need $80,000 to live on. Now at the end of year two, we're under one and a half million. We've gone through two down years in the market. So we've received a 20% loss in market returns or investment returns. But the actual portfolio is down more than 25%, and we've lost more than a quarter of our assets two years into retirement. Most people are really kind of freaking out at that point if that's the situation that we're in. And the way to avoid this is through using this concept called true liquidity. So real quick, when we talk – so now we're trying to get into the definition of liquidity. If we needed the $2 million to kick off the 80 grand in income that we were just illustrating, how functionally liquid is that $2 million? Meaning you take out 80 grand in year one, maybe that's the year somehow your car broke down, you needed to go buy another car. So you go spend more money to buy another car. Well, if you need the 2 million to kick off 80, and now you're down to, and I'm making up numbers here, you're down to 1.5. Are you still able to take out $80,000 per year? 
you run a higher risk of outliving your money at that point. So functionally, it may not be as liquid, which is what the whole point of today's episode is. So now Alex is going to talk into having true liquidity and how that affects our overall portfolio. Yeah. So the basic idea and concept is that if the market is down, instead of pulling dollars out of your market-based asset, we're going to pull dollars out of a fixed income bucket, someplace that has true liquidity, a place where we've put money where we're not going to have a down year because it is guaranteed. It works based on interest rates. There's about half a dozen different things that fit this bucket, but it is 100% not stock market-based, not bond market-based. If it says market in the name, chances are it doesn't function um, as true liquidity. Um, we want this to be something that is truly just a long-term hold that we can go ahead and tackle whenever or like, uh, access whenever we want. So if the market's down, instead of compounding that down by pulling distributions out of an, a market that is down or out of an asset that's down, we can choose to pull money from the liquidity account uh, because that is still going to be up a little bit. We're then allowing the market to recover. And so the the good news is, is that it's it's fairly common for the market to recover over a relatively short time period, you know, two, three, four years. Um, and then at that point, we can decide whether we want to pull money from the market or pull money from the liquidity account. So we're going to go through like a real live example, like how the market actually performed uh, starting here uh, shortly. For, for the, I know most of our listeners are not on the verge of retiring. Stick with us here because we're going to get to the, the punching point here because I can't tell you how huge this is today and long term if, if you understand this concept and how to build towards this type of planning. So what Alex is, is doing here is we've, again, we've got that $2 million asset. Now we're, sh- we're keeping this ultra simplistic, okay? So we're, we're putting the asset, it's in 100% equity and, and that's the S&P 500. And we're going to pull out the $80,000 in income. If we did this in the year 2000 and we study this for the next 20 years, how does this affect the portfolio? So when we look at the variable only, and as Alex is sharing the screen, again, if, you, if you're not on our YouTube channel, check it out because I think the, the visual side will be will be really good to see. But I'm going to kind of report what all's going on here. In the year 2000, the variable return was negative 7%. <clears throat> in the year 2001, it was negative 11%. And in the year t- 2002, it was negative 17%. So at the end of 2020, 2002, your portfolio went from $2 million down to a little bit over $1 million. And during that time period, you'd pulled out 80 the first year, 82 and change the second year, and 84 and change the third year. So you'd pulled out a little under $250,000 and you were down right around 925000 over that same time period. The difference between those two numbers accounts for the loss in yep. the market. And then fast forward here, by the year 2018, this person is out of money. They are now negative $115,000, right? So again, we're not suggesting that you be 100% equity. Like, please don't have that be the takeaway. The takeaway is understanding 
really the the liquidity aspect of when we're pulling money out of market-based assets, it's not as liquid as you think, as a lot of people may consider. And then secondly, the effects of the market and taking withdrawals from those assets can be a double whammy if it's wrong timing. Yeah. And the easiest way to think about this is if we've got a million dollars that's set aside for creating an income and we're using the 4% rule, we can only take $40,000 a year from that income or from that asset. If we intentionally spend down some of that asset, well, then we can't create that same $40,000 income stream from it. Um, We have to go ahead and use it a different way. And that's what Ryan's talking about with the liquidity. Um, And so ultimately, the goal is to go ahead and have multiple different buckets of money here where we can go ahead and whenever we need to access liquidity, whether it's for the one-time amazing trip around the world or whatever the bucket list is, um, or whether it's, hey, we had a bad year in the market and the market was down 20% like it was last year, we don't want to pull dollars from an account that was down 20% last year. Okay, great. Where can we pull money from? Well, here's their alternative. And so that's what this is designed to do. Um, just how so- many people want to get to retirement, Alex? And and this happened, right? In 2022, how many people were considering retiring and now have pushed off several years because of what happened in 2022? Essentially, they allowed the market to make or break their retirement year. Well, and dictate what they were going to do and how they were going to do it. Correct. So what we're looking at here on the true on the 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 alternative position here is of the two million, we only put five hundred thousand dollars into the uh, true liquidity bucket. Um, I guess it helps if I put the right number of zeros in there. So one point five in in the same variable account. Uh, same S and P 500. We're still cr- trying to create the same $80,000 a year. Um, but now we've got $500,000 that's sitting over in a true liquidity account. Uh, when we're going through this with clients, we normally ask them, Hey, what rate of return can we get long-term on a guaranteed basis? And most of the time we hear something between three and 5%. Um, the answer that like, if they, if folks come back and go, Alex, you and you're the expert, you tell me, um, we'll tell you most of the time we can get 4% guaranteed all day long. Um, 5% becomes a little bit more challenging, but sometimes we can do that. Um, the so much other- of this is dependent on what's going on with interest rates or whatnot. So again, this is just, we're trying to really understand, we're trying to show market-based asset versus an asset that is not t- correlated with the market. And so in our previous example, we ran out of money in 2018, starting in the year 2000. So the money lasted for you know 17 years, 18 years before we ran out of money. Um, now in this scenario, uh, we wind up, instead of pulling out of the market, we pull out of the liquidity account for the first three years because the market was down for those first three years. Uh, and instead of being down to just over a million dollars, we wind up with about one uh, million and a quarter, 1.25, you know, sitting in our account at the end of that three-year time period. And when we get all the way down to the bottom, we wind up with having $200,000 left over. We're taking an income stream at that point of $140,000 a year. And we wind up with nearly half a million dollars more 
than what we would have in the other scenario where we ran out of money with two years left. So, so real not- quick, real quick, Alex, I want to make sure because our listeners, they're not seeing this. So remember, scenario one was we got the $2 million is sitting in, in 100% equity portfolio. We were taking 40% or uh, $80,000 distributions from it every year with inflation. Scenario two is now we have two buckets of money. One bucket's a $1.5 million, and that's in that same 100% equity variable account. And then the other bucket of money is a $500,000. That's our true liquidity bucket where we were more focused on just kind of steady eddy return. It's not correlated with the market. We've got some guarantees built inside of that. And when the market's down, we don't pull from the market-based asset, the $1.5 million. We're actually pulling it from the $500,000 because that money isn't down. That's that's the simplistic strategy that we're trying to show. And ultimately, we wind up $500,000 ahead in this particular example. Yep. And like one of the things that this sounds great. And most of the time clients are like, okay, awesome. I'm going to go ahead and implement this at retirement. And most of the time, one of the first questions that Ryan and I have is, okay, well, what happens if you go to retire in 2003 and your accounts just had three down years in a row? Do we want to take 500 grand off an account that is down to go implement this concept? I mean, isn't that what we were just talking about trying to avoid? So real life planning here, right? A, most people tell us no to that question that Alice just said. B, pre-retirement, we're dealing with some version of this anyways. The market's going up and down. We might be investing money in taxable accounts, retirement, whatever the money is, we're investing the money in some way, shape or form. And very few people actually have true liquidity or enough liquidity pre-retirement. They've got their one, two, three months emergency fund and that's it. They're not considering- If they're listening to us in this podcast, maybe they've got six months to a year. Either way, something major comes along, you still don't have enough liquidity. So are we wanting to rely upon the market to make or break us even in pre-retirement? Imagine- it's you know the 2001, 2002 timeframe, and that's when you needed to take money out because that's when you're paying for your kid's education. And that's when all of a sudden you need to put a roof on the house or what have you, or maybe that's the opportunity that lands in your lap, right? You're still pulling money that's down to go for the opportunity. So there's still some pros and cons inside of this. And so now the punchline that we're getting at here, for, because I know most of our listeners are not retirees, is you should consider having this true liquidity bucket and start funding it today, not the year you retire because the risk associated with that. And then Alex is going to go through an example here of essentially, let's just say we don't take any money out. So we're going to compare, okay, we've got a million dollars. What's it grow to in this same 20 year period of time? What's that grow to Alex? It grows to 2.8, almost 2.9 million. So the same market fluctuations, first three years are down and it's got some positive years and some more negative years. In the second situation where we've got the 1.5 in the variable, so still experiencing those negative down not negative down years and, and the positive years and the $500,000 in that true liquidity account, what's that account worth? Sure. Combined, it grows to about 3.25. So again, an extra three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 extra, it winds up being a little bit 
bigger when we're taking distributions because of the timing of those distributions. But in this example, adding some stability to the portfolio is a good thing, not a bad thing. And there's ways that we can actually potentially actually increase the rate of return by having some of this protection be put in place. That's not necessarily the design of it, but for those folks that are pre-retirement and we're not taking an income stream, the concern is, well, what happens to my rate of return while I'm building this? And the easy answer is well, we can go ahead and mitigate the, the any potential negatives from not getting the market-based rate of return. So we hope the, the, the main point that we're trying to get across here is, A, the definition of true liquidity. When we get to retirement and all of our money is in the market and we're, we're taking an interest-only type of an approach, all of that money is needed to kick off the income. So you don't truly have liquidity to the extent that you might think. And then for the pre-retirees, building that true liquidity bucket allows for flexibility in life because I don't know about you, Alex, things haven't gone exactly as I thought they might go. Yeah. And they won't ever, <laughs> right? Opportunity aspect and then setting yourself up so that the market doesn't make or break you maybe the year you want to retire. Absolutely. So those are our takeaways here, That which really, Alex, I think takes us to the question of the day. And our question today is how much true liquidity do you have in your financial situation? On your balance sheet, how much true liquidity do you have? So head over to beerandmoney.net and you can either ponder or even answer that question. Uh, at the top is a contact us page uh, for you to answer that question. Or if you have questions from this, Maybe there's some detailed pieces that you want to learn more about. Uh, it's a great way to reach out to us. Look, we started this podcast to have you think differently about your money. Think with the end in mind. Because too often, I, Alex and I hear when we're talking with people, I wish I would have thought this way X amount of years ago. So we're trying to help you, our listeners, think about that way right now. We hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Mr. Collins... Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guests, speakers, and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities LLC. 
OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201. Phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, CA Insurance License, number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, CA Insurance License, number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2023-166048, expiration December 2025.